the world. Be happy that you're against racism, but frankly, it doesn't matter because we're not struggling to make anybody like us. We are struggling for power over our own lives. Because once we got power, it doesn't matter whether you like us or not. They don't like Chinese either. But they got to throw out this old saying that they used to have, you don't have a Chinaman's chance. Because China has more chance than all of us. So the thing is that we are preparing to govern because we cannot be a dignified, self-respecting people until we are able to feed, clothe, and house ourselves. And that is our mission. And that is why we built economic development programs throughout this country. And that is why we are being under attack because everything that we build for our own selves is against the power of the colonizer. And that is why they're attacking us. So I'm saying, come to St. Louis. Take a look for yourself. See how we've transformed the entire African community there. Come to St. Petersburg, Florida. Take a look for yourselves and see what we've done to transform that. And I want to thank you so much for being here. Hands off Uhuru. Hands off Africa. E-N-A-2-E Africa. We're listening to the we great... fight back and take the power. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The war machine kills by the hour. What do we do? We fight back and take the power. Anti colonialism, anti imperialism, shut down all instruments of war. This is Claudia de la Cruz of Pe the People's Forum. I'm streaming the live feed from Breakthrough News.
For our friends, one more time, coming to break the struggle against the Americans in the Philippines. Next, I want to bring up to the stage another longtime fighter for peace who has been all over this country recently, telling the truth about what's happening in Ukraine. They tried to shut it down, but she won't be shut down or shut up. We're very happy to welcome here from Go Pink, Medina Benjamin. So 
we send all these different weapons and it's never enough because there is a stalemate, because it is not a winnable war, because this war won't be won on the battlefield, it will be solved at the negotiating table. sabotaging negotiations. I want to know when they were close to getting a peace accord back in March, why my government came in and said no. I want to know when just recently the Chinese came out with a peace plan. Why did our government say absolutely ridiculous? And I want to know, in front of the White House, why Biden can't pick up the goddamn phone and talk to Putin. When we have a war that will only be solved at the negotiating table, I want to know why every single Democrat voted for $40 billion to keep this war going. I want to know why, when now the AP polls say that only 48% of Americans, despite all the war propaganda, only 48% of Americans say they want to send more weapons, why almost every member of Congress and President Biden sends more and more weapons. So what we want to say is that the people in Congress and the White House are not representing us. We have to be louder. Join us with Code Pink and Peace in Ukraine as we march through the halls of Congress demanding that they represent us and call for peace talks. Do you know that right now in Congress, the word negotiate is a bad word? It's ridiculous. So join us as we pressure the White House and Congress and join us as we echo the sentiment from around the globe, especially in the global south. Just like President Lula from Brazil said when he was pushed to send weapons to Ukraine. You know what he said? We don't want to join this war. We want to end this war. So let's say it loud. No more war. Peace talks now. No more war. Peace talks now. No more war. Peace talks now. Thank you. Thank you so much, Madea. One of the biggest, one of the biggest weapons of the U.S. government and elite is the media, right? Corporate media is definitely that. It's where they they spread their lies, and the corporate media might as well be their stenographers, right? They just sit there and take notes and regurgitate everything that the elite and the ruling class want us to think is true. There was a, a chant that said, they lie, people die. They lie, people die. They lie, people die. They lie, people die. They lied about weapons of mass destruction. Remember that? Yeah. 
They created Al-Qaeda, they funded it, and then they were talking about persecuting Osama bin Laden. Right? Do you remember that? They lied about the horrific terrorist acts they committed against prisoners in Guantanamo. Remember that? Dehumanizing people. They lied about the numbers of casualties of war. Hundreds of thousands of people died at the hands of the U.S. military occupying Iraq. Remember that? Yeah. And it was not, if it had not been for courageous journalists like Julian Assange, we would not know the truth. But what the U.S. does with people who tell the truth is that they persecute them, they jail them, and if they can, they kill them. We know that history well, very well. And so I want to bring up a friend and comrade, the brother of Julian Assange, Gabriel Shipton. Free Julian Assange! Hi, everyone. This is Julian Assange's brother, Gabriel Shipton. Um, I'm here with you today because Julian can't be. He has been detained one way or another for the past 13 years in the United Kingdom. For the past four, on the 11th of April, it'll be four years he's spent in a maximum security prison. He's not serving a sentence. He's convicted of no crime. He is solely there at the request of the US Department of Justice. What did Julian do? He did what journalists should be doing, publishing without fear or favour. He published the truth, the truth about 15,000 undocumented civilian deaths in Iraq, a lie that was hid from us so that we would believe that the war was going better than it was. He published the truth about two Reuters journalists who were killed by a helicopter gunship in Iraq. And then two good Samaritans who came to save them were also gunned down. He published the truth about a cable from the State Department that detailed the murder of an entire Iraqi family, including five children. And then after they were murdered, the soldiers called in an air an air strike to obliterate that family from the face of the earth to hide their crimes. This cable led to the withdrawal of American troops from Iraq with the refusal of Iraq to re-sign the status of forces agreement. Governments do not willingly reveal their crimes. We need fearless publishers, fearless whistleblowers, fearless whistleblowers like Chelsea Manning, like Daniel Hale. Fearless publishers like Julian Assange. What those who are pursuing Julian Assange, those who pursue Julian Assange with lust for revenge, those who pursue him in an effort to make an example of him so that the rest of the world 
will not publish this national security information. What they have unwillingly created, unwittingly created, is a worldwide movement for the freedom of Julian Assange, but also a worldwide movement for transparency in government, a worldwide movement for freedom of the press, and a worldwide movement for our right to know what governments do in our name. I'm going to leave you with some words from Julian. If war can be started by lies, then peace can be started by truth. Free Assange. traveling all over this country, you know, please look into what they're doing. There are a number of different speaking engagements, and please, what you can, people you know around the country, let them know about what is happening. And I also want to note that we are very honored to have as an endorser of this event, the Leonard Peltier Defense Committee. We're also here on the 50th anniversary of Wounded Knee, demanding the freedom of Leonard. We're also demanding the freedom of Mamiya Abu-Jamal. from the city of Baltimore, Reverend Andy Chambers. We're here talking about peace. But do you know where you live at? You live in the United States of America. The United States of America. And there has never been peace. Not since they come here. They came as thieves and robbers and stole and killed, and that's what's happening now. As a woman who's been in the struggle for over 60 years, I'm 81 years old, and I want to tell y'all that I've been in the struggle since I was 14, and fighting for peace and justice. How can we talk about peace if we have our very own people starving in the streets? Cutting off the food stamps, cutting off of social aid, homelessness, and these are the very people they want to go out and fight for them. We're in greedy as America. That's what we are. And only a handful of people control this country. But we have the power to take it back. As a black panther, because I never say I'm a boomer. As a black panther, I tell you, we know how to take it back. And we're going to take it back. We will not allow our children to die. Nobody's going to walk the fight for the greedy. Because only the needy suffer when we fight for the greedy. And we're going to stand up and fight back. That is my message. Stand up, children, and fight back. Yeah. It's time to say, in my, in my 
me, when you gonna retire? I said, when you can't talk to me no more. <laughs> when I'm laying down. Okay? Because as long as I got breath, if I can't do nothing but scratch you, I'm gonna do that. That's what we got to do. We got to stand up. I tell all the seniors, we support you. I love the young people in America. I don't care what color you are. Because until we all come together, they're going to continue to do the nasty, brutal things they have done. They play racism. They play sexism. They play all the dirty little games on us. But we're going to stand together and be as one. We want justice in America. No more homeless. No. Okay? We're going to stand up and say, we demand that we get people like Sleepy Joe out the White House. Some of y'all young people think about running. And some of y'all think about what it means to have a just and safe country. We go all over the world telling other people about freedom and peace. And we in the worst place in the world. We suffer. We get killed, beat, stumped, and all in America. Okay? We in the revolution. We in the revolution. The revolution has already started. The revolution is here. The revolution is here. We already started. We call it right there. Let you know, this is a revolution show. We are the revolution. And we're fighting against injustice. And we're talking about peace all over the world. But let's start right here in the belly of the beast. America! Peace, brothers and sisters. I love you. Continue to struggle. It's Minister Malcolm. I'm a product of Minister Malcolm X. And I want you to know we for nothing but peace and justice. But you got to give to me. Boy, I think I, I know you're not gonna give to me. So we about to take it.
instead of funding these bogus wars, what the U.S. government should be doing is understanding that we need to actually be fighting for our education and saving it. I'm here with Tampa Bay Students for a Democratic Society. We've been having protests against Governor Ron DeSantis' evil war against cultural programs. International Criminal Court 
issued an arrest warrant for Vladimir Putin. And fine, I'm not here to defend his actions. But I want to ask, when is the ICC coming to pick up George W. Bush? When the hell is going to come to Dick Cheney? Hillary Clinton! Hillary Kissinger! Power to the people! Power to the people! And Stop Cop City! Stop Cop City! 
United National Anti-War Coalition. Give it up for you next. You know, I have deja vu. 28 years ago, at this time in March, I and I'm sure many of you, we marched to try to stop the invasion of Iraq, a war crime. Now, yesterday, the International Criminal Court issued an arrest warrant for Vladimir Putin, saying he's a war criminal. But uh, Bush and Cheney walk free. So do Clinton and Clinton and Obama and Trump and Biden, who've all gotten a pass after they killed people in Iraq, Afghanistan, Serbia, Libya, Somalia, Yemen, and Haiti, where, where I know there's so many countries, right? But we want to end that. And the theft of money, $100 billion for Ukraine to wage this proxy war. And we don't want a war against China either. So you gotta watch some of these folks who claim to be against the war in Ukraine. They wanna go to China and get us in a, uh, another uh, fight against a nuclear powered nation. But that's gonna be true as long as we have imperialism. There's going to be one long forever war as long as this is an imperialist country. That's why we have an $800 billion defense budget. But we don't have health care and housing as human rights. The two are antithetical. You cannot have human rights respected when you have a country that is one gigantic war machine. And I just want to say also, we have to think about the other wars, AFRICOM, SOUTHCOM, INDO-PACCOM, as the U.S. tries to control the entire world. But we will liberate ourselves from war when we liberate ourselves from the oligarchy. Yeah. Thank you so much. Power to the people. Power to the people. And stop Cop City. Stop Cop City. Thank you. Yeah. Give it up one more time for Margaret Kimberly. Oh, yeah. I hope y'all are reading back and do the report. And shout out to the United National Anti War Coalition as well for helping to build this demonstration and bring people from all across this country. And we really are from every single nook and cranny of the United States. People have come from so many different, from Maine. I mean, people have come from hours and hours in Lanza. You know, the, the Miami, Los Angeles. So I thank you all. And I'm not going to list them all. I know it's too many. I'm sorry I forgot you. North Carolina, I saw some folks here. Detroit, LA, all of them. Philadelphia. Okay, I hear you. I know. Next, I want to bring up Brian Becker, the national director of the Answer Coalition. Sisters and brothers, I want to talk a little bit about what's going to happen the rest of today, because what we're doing today, I believe, will be remembered as something that's quite historic, something very profound, a commitment, a determination on our part to build a new anti-war movement at a moment when the forces within the military industrial complex and the leadership of both the Republican and the Democratic Party have, without debate, adopted as a consensus position that the U.S. should be prepared and prioritize major power conflict. This means 
that the war in Ukraine, which did not really begin simply with the Russian military intervention on February 24, 2022, but many years earlier than that, including the fascist-led coup d'etat of February 2014 to bring Ukraine into NATO. This is a proxy war, but it's a dress rehearsal for a bigger war that the U.S. intends to wage, to weaken Russia, to topple its government, to, in, to go to war and have confrontation with China, to topple the Communist Party of China, inside of China, and just think about the dimensions of the madness here. The United States could not defeat the Taliban in Afghanistan after 20 years, so let's go to war with the People's Republic of China and Russia. Think of the, think of the magnitude of that craziness. And yet, there's no debate. Look at the mainstream media, the corporate media. They'll describe this demonstration as the far left or Russian apologists or something like that to demonize us like they demonized the Russians, like they demonized the Chinese, like they demonized the Syrians, like they always demonized the Palestinians, like they demonized the Iraqis and the Cubans and the Venezuelans and anyone who wants to be free and independent from the empire. Yeah. So we're at a crossroads. And today, I hope all of you will march together with us. We're going to bring coffins. We're going to do this in a few minutes. So be prepared for this march. This is what's going to happen the rest of the day. We're going to take these flag-draped coffins, Syria, Afghanistan, Yemen, Palestine, Russia, Ukraine, Yemen, Syria, and people from the United States as well who are the needlessly killed, murdered people by the empire during the past 20 years. And we're going to first go to the White House, and we're going to say to the White House, you are guilty. You are guilty. You are responsible for these deaths. It's not the Syrians, the Palestinians, the Russians, the Chinese. It's the government that speaks in our name. And then we're going to go a few blocks away to the Washington Post, the neocon media that promotes lies, that spoon feeds war propaganda, and say to the Washington Post, we know who you are. You're not journalists. You're an echo chamber for the war machine. And you too are guilty for the deaths of all of these people. Yeah. That's a short march. It's a short march. But then we're ending with an indoor event at the beautiful and historic New York Avenue Presbyterian Church, a place where the forces for abolition against slavery gathered in 1860 and 1861 and during the Civil War. And we're going to hear additional speakers, including 
Noam Chomsky, the renowned speaker and linguist who has led so much in exposing manufactured consent. So sisters and brothers, we're going to have a couple more wrap-up speakers here. We're going to carry these coffins to the White House. We'll have a short ceremony there. We're going to march to the Washington Post and then to New York Avenue Presbyterian Church. We need all of you to stay with us for these next 90 minutes to show we mean it. We're determined. We're going to build a new movement. This movement is not ending today. This movement is beginning today. It's the most important movement that could possibly be built. Down with the war makers. Down with the war machine. Fund people's needs, not the war machine. And let's stand together to say no to colonialism, no to racism, no to the oppression of women, no to the oppression of the LGBTQ community. Say yes to the disabled movement and all of those sectors who are under attack by the same wretched capitalist system. Thank you, brothers and sisters. white people ain't getting their ass 
y'all. How we are supposed to end war if we don't destroy capitalism. Yeah. How do we end wars that are fought in the name of capitalist profit? War mongers, weapons manufacturers making trillions off of the broken bones and bodies of black, brown, indigenous people around the world, working class and poor peasant people around the world. They don't do it because they legitimately hate these people. They don't do it because these people are a threat to our freedoms. They do it for capitalist profit. Yeah. And they do that around the world for the same reason that a high percentage of black folks are still poor in this country, that working class and poor folks in Appalachia are poor, that black trans women suffer the highest rate of homelessness and unemployment in this country, those are all the reasons that capitalism stays in place because our exploitation, our different and unique oppression and exploitation all feeds and props up the same capitalist machine that exports war around the world. So reject anybody who comes to you and tells you that all we need to do is focus on ending this one war in Ukraine. Yes, this war in Ukraine must end, but let's not forget the 15,000 ethnic Russians who were slaughtered for eight years by the neo-Nazi-infused Ukrainian army. Let's not forget those people. And as we take to the streets, let us not forget, don't you forget the people that you turned to and said you would fight for, you made a commitment. We're not out here just to end war. We're not out here just to bring peace in Ukraine. We are out here to challenge and work within the empire to destroy the capitalist system that makes all of our suffering possible. And we do it for peace, absolutely. But we do it so that we all can have a future we can live in. So I want you to think about this as we move to the streets. And this is what we talk about every day on By Any Means and Necessary on Radio Sputnik. It's the work we do in the Black Alliance for Peace where we're aligning and getting behind the CELAC zone of peace. If you want to know more about that, we'll be at the church. We'll have materials for you. But I want you to think about this. When we come together like this, do not let this day be the last time you show up at a mobilization for peace. Do not let this be the last time you fight for your fellow brothers and sisters. This needs to be a revival. Don't let this be an incident. Don't let this be an event. Let this be a revival and commit to stand to fight and to fight together for human rights. Say it with me. We stand. We fight. We fight together for human rights. We stand. We fight. We fight together for human rights. We stand. We fight. We fight together for human rights. We stand. We fight. We fight together for human rights. Thank you very much. I'm Luca Continua. The struggle continues. But I promise you.
brothers and sisters. Victoria, yeah, Santa, victory is certain. Peace. Give it up one more time for Jackie Luke Mann. Give it up one more time for the Black Alliance for Peace. And I see we are getting ready to move. We have a couple more speakers. And then don't forget on the second end of this, we're going to hear from Noam Chomsky. We're going to hear about the struggle of the Eritrean people. We're going to hear about the brutal sanctions on Syria that are making it impossible for people to, to, to recover from this earthquake. So we have a lot more in addition to this march. I just want to know, are you with us? Yeah. Are you ready to stay in the streets? Yeah. Are you ready to show them the power of our movement? Yeah. Well, next up, I want to bring one of the most powerful figures in our movement to the microphone, Margaret Flowers from Popular Resistance. Give it up for Margaret.
the Palestinian youth movement. We're, we're an independent transnational grassroots movement of Palestinian and Arab youth in the diaspora who are organizing for the liberation of our lands from imperialism and settler colonialism. And like many of my comrades in the PYM, the barbaric U.S. invasion of Iraq was a defining moment for me. As children, we all watched the horrors unfold in Iraq, a country that we knew had natural wealth, ancient history, and a steadfast people. The U.S. invasion of Iraq represented not only the ruthless violence of the U.S. empire, but also its imperialist thievery, with the U.S. using the invasion to rob Iraq of its resources to amass profits for the U.S. empire to the death and destruction of our lands and people. This is a cycle that continues today and will continue unless we, the people, can organize to put an end to the empire's endless wars. Not only did the U.S. intervention destroy Iraq under the false premises, which Iraqis are still reeling from today, but the U.S.'s global war on terror had its counterpart here, too. In 2002, we saw the opening of Guantanamo Bay Detention Camp, which has held hundreds of prisoners since its opening, including several Iraqi prisoners. Heavy surveillance on mosques and religious institutions crippled our communities here and eventually culminated into the CBE and spying programs we see all around the country. And so many Muslims have been captured and thrown into the prison system as a result. And now, 20 years later, our people still are reeling from the impacts of the U.S. invasion. The effects of that senseless war are still rippling today. But why Iraq? Because Iraq did not fit into the U.S. imperialist designs for the region. It was strangled with crippling sanctions that left hundreds of thousands of civilians dead for 13 years before the invasion even began. Today, the U.S. is still strangling non-compliant nations across the world with sanctions, which are an act in and of themselves, let's be clear, from Cuba to Syria to Iran to Venezuela and now Russia and China, and the list goes on. Here we are two decades later, still fueling The U.S.'s proxy war with Russia has cost the Ukrainian people immeasurable suffering as the imperial cheerleaders inch us ever closer to nuclear conflict for the delusional sake of maintaining U.S. hegemony on end forever. And while the U.S. strangles our people that funnels billions of dollars worth of arms and weapons to its imperial collaborators, Washington's bullets and bombs rain on Yemen and Palestine as it comically claims the mantle of freedom's greatest defender. The Palestinian youth movement understands that our fight for the liberation of our, of our land from Zionism is part of the fight against imperialism. Both parties support both U.S. parties support the Zionist state and, and give it three billion dollars each year, precisely because the Zionist state is central to U.S. and Western imperialism. Israel acts as a strategic ally for the U.S. in their pursuit of endless wars, death, and destruction. This relationship is no accident. The Zionist thinkers who established the colonial state of Israel were clear from the beginning that their project was a reflection of Western colonial interests. The Zionist state was made possible only through British imperialism and colonialism and continues today to be sustained through West U.S. and Western imperialism. For more than 100 years, Palestinians have struggled against Zionist colonialism and Western imperialism. And today we're here to continue the struggle. We call for an end 
to all U.S. wars, an end to arms sales to the Zionist regime, an end to the sanctions on Cuba, Venezuela, Syria, Iraq, and any other nation being punished for putting its people before imperialism. We join our people back home who, as we speak, are rising against Zionist colonialism and saying, long live international solidarity. Free, free Palestine! I don't know what happened to the audio. <clears throat> so, okay, just come right here. So this this microphone is now. That's that's the middle. Is now be is now feeding into here. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so it just says the stream will return shortly. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, close the room for the moment and I will, well, let's see how many folks are here. Well, maybe I'll just leave it running for a little bit and see how much, what, what shortly means. If you um, didn't see, I did put a note in the chat. This is, I'm, I'm just, um, re, um, I'm just amplifying the stream from Breakthrough News. If you go to Breakthrough News YouTube um, channel, you'd be able to get the same but with video. And I'd just like to, I'd just like to, um, say the conversations that are going on in the chat mm, don't seem helpful, but do as you like. I'm not going to block anybody in the chat, but there are people dying everywhere, Russians and Ukrainians and Americans, frankly. Um, based on what the gentleman from the Answer Coalition said, they're probably working on moving the coffins over to the White House, 
for the second location and then they're going to go over to the Presbyterian Church on New York Avenue uh, to hear Noam Chomsky. Again, I just want to let folks know if you want to see the video of what's um, of what I'm streaming, it's from Breakthrough News YouTube channel. So if you wanted to watch, you could definitely hang out over there. You're also more than welcome to stay here. Or shoot, if you have multiple devices, do both. They've moved a bunch of coffins that are flag draped into, into in front of the fence in front of the White House. Eugenia. Okay, give it up for Kirby real quick. 
And stick with us because we're going to hear from Kirby at the next site. So you know you want to hear that. We want to have come to the stage as we bring solemnly these coffins that represent so many of the dead. Ellen Barsfield from Veterans for Peace. Veterans, we have seen victims. We have caused victims, I'm afraid to say. Part of, of the Veterans for Peace list of purposes of the mission is to amplify and explain the costs of war. Of course, dead bodies are the first cost of war. The second and contiguous cost of war is the huge theft of resources, of young lives, obviously, but of money, of focus. People are hungry and suffering in this country because more than 50% of our discretionary budget every year is thrown at the Pentagon for weapons that don't work, for idiotic wars that make us less safe. I am not proud to have been part of the machine that created dead people, occupied people, oppressed people around the world and here in the U.S. We have to destroy the U.S. military system. We must take it down. That's Rania call it. Thank <laughs> you. 
something that's anti-war and talking about funding the people's needs here. And real quick, I mean, in the Horn of Africa, which you've been active around yourself, what's going on in the Horn of Africa? I mean, this is all connected, right? It's not just Ukraine. Uh, it's also Ethiopia. It's also Eritrea. Absolutely. Like, I really want a lot of the people here who've been doing this work for a long time to try to center Africa in their work as much as possible, because I feel like it is the part of the world where a lot of people just kind of assume things have always been this way. They've always been underdeveloped. There's always been wars. But the same really tactics that are used elsewhere in the Middle East uh, and other parts of the Global South are also used in Africa. And I would say economic warfare has been used in Africa for the longest. Um, and we also still see actual military fights. And the U.S. was involved in some way of the war, this two-year war in Ethiopia, whether they actually gave weapons to this uh, insurgent group that was a part of the 27-year regime to fight this war or not, we saw that through the mainstream media, the narrative was definitely in favor of these insurgents and a lot of their propaganda. And so you're involved. You know, the U.S. is involved somehow. And so, um, I, you know, I just really think as someone who's been in local news for a very long time, also work with Al Jazeera America, I'm very aware of the problems in the United States. I'm very aware of the mental health issues, the addiction issues, the homeless crisis, the horrible public schools across the um, country. So why not, you know, take some of that money that's going into wars and bring it to people here? We're seeing our fellow Americans degenerate, um, especially after the pandemic. And it's really sad to see that the general, the mass public in the United States, you know, I argue that they just may be busy trying to survive. But I think if more people that had the capacity to come out and show their support did that for something that is anti-war, more about funding people's just basic needs here, maybe, just maybe, the people in Congress will feel like they have to do something about it. Very well said. Hermela, very quickly, let everybody know where they can follow your excellent work. Thank you. So I am on YouTube.com slash Hermela TV. We do a lot of Centering Africa um, on that channel. I also appear on Breakthrough News from time to time, but I'm on Twitter and all the other social media platforms on the same handle, Hermela TV. It's so good to see you. Hermela, H-E-R-M-E-L-A. Aragawi, A-R-E-G-A-W-I. That's who that was, talking to Rania.
There's an interruption in the feed. I'm not sure what's happening. And we're about two hours in. We are here in front of the Washington Post. Yes, I wanted to see what kind of response that got. Uh, let's see if they even covered this event, but we came right to their front doors. They don't have an excuse. But I think it's incredibly important, and for those who can't see, we have the coffins behind us to recognize that the Post, one of many perhaps, but one of the most significant, has been one of the premier entities that has pushed this unbelievable war propaganda, not just around Ukraine, but on almost every issue, certainly around the issue of Iraq. Now, of course, the New York Times gets the worst sort of history there, but the Washington Post was right along with them. Many, the Pentagon Post has been determined. Not to mention, this is one of the primary voices for gentrification and police terrorism in all of Washington, D.C. Anytime the police in Washington, D.C. want to bring the war right here at home to oppress working class black communities, no matter what the justification they offer, the Post makes sure that they echo it. We've just seen recently how the Post has been complicit in a two-year-long campaign to promote an unbelievable U.S.-backed war inside of northern Ethiopia and Eritrea. They told lies then. They've told lies about Ukraine. They've told lies about Iraq. They've told lies about Palestine. Now, I'm sure if they came out here, they tried to say, well, hey, we told the truth a few times, too. But that's just a cover to make it easier to promote an agenda of war, an agenda of imperialism, an agenda of racism, an agenda of gentrification right here in Washington, D.C. The whole editorial board lives in Maryland, but they want to tell people in D.C. how to live. When you look at these right-wingers and racists in Congress who just overrid the laws here in Washington, D.C. to say that you can't have the laws you want, the Washington Post backed them. So whether it's the war at home, or the war abroad, you can count on the Washington Post to be a warmonger and to be a liar and to look for every possible reason to tell you something other than the truth. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So we're here to let them know that whether they cover it or not, whether they write about it or not, we're not going to stop struggling. We're not going to stop pushing. We're not going to stop fighting. That's exactly why we have more like 5,000 people there. You can see many of the journalists who are gathered here today because we're not going to wait on the stenographers of empire to tell our stories. 
We're going to tell our own stories, including this huge crowd that you see out here today. A crowd that people So when they say this was just a crowd of people out here apologizing for some other country, we're going to tell the real story that we're out here standing up for the people of every country that are under the boot of this U.S. military war machine. So we say fund people's needs, not the war machine. No to a proxy war in Ukraine now. Remember Iraq, no more Iraqs. We are against the unbelievable interventions happening all across the African continent, the drone war in Niger, and all across the Sahel. We're going to stand up to militarism, stand up to the military-industrial complex, stand up to the war machine, and keep fighting. Are you with us? We're with you, Steve. Are we together? We're together. Are we going to keep fighting? We're going to keep fighting. Well, let's keep our chains. Money for jobs and education. Money for jobs.
camera person is like basically staying in one spot as the people file past him. That's why the sound is changing. I'd say there's at least a couple thousand, probably more like three, just based on watching these people file by.
maybe they're arriving at their destination, which is the Presbyterian Church. And then they mentioned there's a few more speakers. So I'm just going to hang in here and then keep playing this as they kind of gather themselves together to figure out what's next. I'm going to switch back to Rania's and see what's going on over there. can't tell from the change of uh, the reverb there inside the church now. My name is Carsey Blanton. Uh, I'm from Philly-ish. And Philly, what's up? Yeah. Uh, and I'm a musician, which means that I'm totally broke and deeply, deeply in debt. And I just found out the other day that... Uh, the money we've spent on sending weapons to Ukraine this year would have funded the NEA, the National Endowment for the Arts, for 500 years. So I'm here as a, as a music worker and as a socialist to say, end all wars and interventions. Thank you. 
Sorry, we've had an interruption. I don't know why. Limited steps to address imminent environmental catastrophe have reversed. May turn out to be the death knell for organized human life on Earth. It's hard to discuss, but the U.S. British stance entails a ghastly gamble with the fate of Ukraine or beyond. The gamble is that if the demented madman Putin faces defeat, he will quietly pack his bags, slink away to oblivion or worse, and will not use the conventional weapons that we all know he has to emulate the U.S. and Britain, or Israel and Gaza, and devastate Ukraine, including Kiev and the Western areas that have so far been mostly spared. A moment's thought should suffice to reveal how ghastly that gamble is. One can easily see why outside the little Western propaganda bubble much of the world sees the war as a proxy war between the United States and Russia with Ukrainian bodies. Well, if Ukrainians choose to take the gamble, it's their business. But for the U.S. to insist on blocking diplomacy as it has been doing so as to severely 
Greek and Russian, that's very much our business.
because they lost their property, i.e. black lives. Faced with isolation, Haiti, the land that experienced torture, colonialism, and slavery, has been forced to pay over the course of a century $21 billion. A debt that the nation still cannot pay. Let me give you some numbers. Because of Haiti's revolutionary spirit, can we can we agree to that? Because Haiti dared to be free, can we agree to that? Because Haiti dare to win. Can we agree to that? Haiti has experienced three dictators back by the United States, two foreign military occupations, four fake elections since 2006, and one presidential assassination. On top of all of this, Haiti has an 80% unemployment rate. And 60% of the population lives on two American dollars a day. A day. But we just let the Washington Post, right? Shane, boo. It's media outlets like the Post that would say that the reason why Haiti is in this condition is their fault. Right? The reason why there has to be boots on the ground is because there's a gang issue. Is that true? No. Is that true? No. Is that true? No. In Haiti, every protest is considered an act of terrorism by law. So while workers are asking for their basic rights to exist, they're being called gang members. Hemisphere to be free. 
fighting for its freedom. Haitians on the ground are demanding for us as workers, as radical people, as artists, as protesters here to uplift that they have self-determination. They are demanding for us to uplift the truth about Haiti. They want us to break our chains here. Haitians are watching us. They're rooting for us to end the war machine. Yeah. I want to leave with this. Can we break our chains? Yeah. Can we break our chains? Yeah. I want to teach y'all some Creole before I get off this mic, okay? There's a Haitian Creole saying that says, Kimbela. Say it with me. Kimbela. Say it. Kimbela. That means hold on, hold tight, hang in there. Haitians want us to hold tight and hang into this struggle. Haitians want us to hold tight and hang on to resistance. Haitians want us to hold tight and fight for liberation. That is our work. Can we Kimbela? Yeah. One more time. Kimbela.
specifically about why it's really important that we include Eritrea in that list as we advocate for the removal of sanctions and all uh, US and Western led warfare. First, I think it's important to know that the history of Eritrea and the Eritrean people's struggle is so important and often forgotten. When you look up Google Eritrea today or tomorrow, you'll probably see maybe something by the Human Rights Watch or Amnesty International. But we know that those are what? Forms of soft power imperialism. So, look at that. Uh, but, right. What you won't see are stories about our freedom fighters and EPLF, the Eritrean People's Liberation Front, who the Marxist Leninist group. We are a population of 3 million people and we've defeated Italian colonization. Today, until today, and since we got our independence in 1991, we have refused NGO presence, we have refused the IMF, we have refused the World Bank. We are So, why do you think we have sanctions stuck on to us today? Post-independence in 1991, after only a few years of getting to really revel in our independent uh, nature, we were slapped on with sanctions. Why? Because we're a part of the war on terror. I guess we're terrorists because we want to exercise our independence, our right to self-determination, and our economic and political free will. I think it's important to note that the impact on sanctions in Eritrea are dire and vast. We are not only limited, similar to Cuba, in accessing basic, necessary goods. We have to be honest, sanctions are a form of mass murder.
or the children, the babies, are the two years, that's in '91, uh, and then obviously the, the war of mass, the weapons of mass destruction. The Libyans was that Muammar Gaddafi, and this is what was discussed at the United Nations. I don't know what we are firm is advising this, but to vote to public opinion, Muammar Gaddafi gave Viagra to his all his soldiers and told them, give them orders to go rape all the women in Libya. And because of that, we went and bombed this country, killed tens of thousands of people, and destroyed that country till today. Because this is one of the richest African countries per capita. So Syria knew it was coming. We didn't know, however, though, that it was coming also from our neighbors, the Gulf states. The Gulf states played a very dirty role in this war on Syria. The prey that they were fighting over, and that's Hamad bin Jassim finishing, he said, every nation knew that Syria is going to fall, so they want a piece of it. So the opposition started to have names of Paris opposition, London opposition, Istanbul opposition, and we went to the peace conference or peace talks. Syrian government was not involved. It was all these oppositions from Doha, from Istanbul, and from Riyadh, trying to divide, and at the same time, they were sending weapons to their factions in Syria. And these factions end up fighting each other, and that's when they say that the prey got away. We got away, yes, but we paid a heavy price. 100,000 Syrians from just the Syrian army were fighting mercenaries, because Syrians refused to take a fight. They were living a great life. Ask any Syrian back in 2010. We were living a great life. We did not want that exported democracy and exported freedom that America was bringing to Iraq and Libya. We saw it all And we to say no. We dare to say no. And sanctions, sanctions were not new. Sanctions has been on Syria since 1979. 1979 sanctions died because we dare to say no. We support the Palestinian freedom. We support the PLO. <laughs> Thousands lost their lives, but what was so painful for us, same earthquake hit two countries. One country got all the help in the world, all the support and empathy, and the cradle of civilization got none. Biden couldn't even lift the sanctions for one week so we can get equipment. We took people out, we heard people, people tell stories about we left them to die because we couldn't get them out, because we were taking them out with our bare hands. Well, we could have done better, but why are we now calling it a siege? Because the U.S. is occupying one-third of Syria, where two-thirds of the resources are the oil and the wheat. They're looting and stealing our oil and wheat, and the Syrians are left to die hungry. Syrians are asking for your help today. They're not asking for donations. They're not asking for handouts. They're asking you to talk to your representatives and tell them Biden tear down that siege over Syria. Land. 
Um, a couple of our speakers today from Guam and Hawaii will be talking about um, some of the indigenous-led fight against the uh, military bases and imperialism in their communities. And I also just want to like draw those parallels to where we are right now. Um, I also am so excited that we are here teaching each other, but sometimes a lot of misinformation are things that we know, and we really want to take this beyond the walls of this church and bring in more and more people. As we have seen funding communities, not war, um, and funding of people's needs, a lot of the people who have two or three jobs can't make it out for things like this, or folks who are um, you know, fighting for housing and against incarceration, all of these things can't make it out from here. So we really want to bring more people in um, and to talk with each other about how we can further um, take action um, leading up. So after this is all over at um, five o'clock, we're going to be meeting at Busboys and Poets for people to talk about what we can do um, more. But please follow the organizations, Code Tank, Answer, People's Forum, PSL, and so many other ones that are in this room to really take action in the streets um, um, with us uh, moving forward. Um, so, yes, so please give up for that. <laughs> We seem to have some technical problems, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look good. Hopefully somebody's capturing the video and we'll post it later. 
apparently the feed is down. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, I'm going to close the room because I need to get going to the workers strike back um, canvassing that they're doing here in Oakland for to fight for the union Amazon Kentucky unionization drive. I appreciate everyone being here. Thank you all for coming today. Um, this has been fun sharing the live stream with you from the Code Pink Answer Coalition DC event. Yep, we're completely down now. Thank you for being here today. Hope you all have a great Saturday. Um, maybe we'll get a report from Stoopy about how it's going in San Francisco because she's at the San Francisco rally right now. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>